Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. I hope that you're doing really well. It's so great to see you. It's so great to connect with you. I am always so transparent and honest with you. I have to tell you what just happened. I just recorded almost our entire session on my other phone, which by the way, I have two phones. I do not suggest that, but that is a story for another day. Um, and I ran out of storage on my other phone. So I am jumping over to this phone. I'm going to try to record it here. And also y'all, I was just on point number one and I was already at 17 minutes. I have so many words. So be so glad that I got a bunch of my words out in the other video that won't probably ever post. So I'm gonna really try to be succinct. I'm really gonna try to nail down exactly what God has for us. But I love this. I love this study. I love how we can connect together. Um, just so you know a little bit about the rhythm that I believe we're creating in our study together on Monday mornings, that's when our video will post. And then you can access that video anytime during the week. And throughout the week, I will post scriptures and kind of um, different thoughts and different questions so that we can process that material slowly throughout the week so that it can be applied to our lives. And so uh, last week we found um, Abram uh, with this incredible God encounter that led to this incredible promise that gave Abram a chance to reply in obedience and faith and that led to a very certain future. And those four key points led to our transforming truth, which is that trusting God is rooted in knowing who God is and how God faithfully works. And we're gonna see that transforming truth play out in today's lesson as we move on in the life of Abram. We're gonna find him in a pinch. And whenever I say a pinch, I'm talking about like a hard time, like a troubling circumstance, an overwhelming circumstance that could have maybe caused Abram to ask, God, what are you doing? Like, I, I love the fact that scripture doesn't exclude or that it does include the challenging times. Uh, because we had the God-sized moment last week where God shows up and he gives the promise and Abram worshiped and it was beautiful and, and I loved that and there's so much for us to learn from that. But we're also going to see immediately afterwards in this encounter, in this particular passage of scripture, that Abram's life was not free of trouble, that it wasn't free of hardships and trials. And like we can relate to that because we face situations that cause us to ask the question, Lord, what's going on down here? Lord, do you see? Lord, do you care? Lord, do you have a plan for me in the midst of this? And um, I always try to remember, because I think it, it really helps us to be tender with the Word of God, that whenever we read stories about individuals in the Bible, we have to remember that they were living it out in real time. They didn't have the opportunity to turn the page and to see how it worked out. Like us, they were having to trust God. They were having to believe God. They were having to walk in obedience and faith. And so we have a great example here of what not to do in Abram's life in Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through 20. So in this lesson today, we're going to see the transforming truth is this, is that hard times lead to a choice. Am I going to trust God or am I going to trust self? 
Let's open in prayer. Lord, we thank you for who you are and how you're so faithful, Lord, to work in and through our lives for, for your glory. Lord, we do love you and we do trust you. And even in the midst of the hardships and the trials and the difficulties and the questions, Lord, we choose individually and collectively to press into you, to lean into you and to know who you are and how you faithfully work in and through our lives. And Lord, we trust that the outcome of that will be that we place our focus on you, that we run hard after you instead of running away from you and your plans and your purposes for our lives. So Lord, help this passage to come to life in such powerful ways so that we can gain life from our time of study. And that is in um, the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay, so a little bit of background because I think it's important to get the context. Remember, Abram is in this place of promise. He is in this land where God had led him. And Abram and his family, they lived a nomadic lifestyle. And so what that means is that they lived off the land and they would go to different places in the land and they would pitch their tent. They would pitch their tent a where they could have access to water, access to food, and whenever they, you know, had used all the food and the water in that particular area, they would pick up their tent, and they would move and find another place within the land, and they would pitch their tent. And so, um, up until this point in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, we do not see that Abram ever left the, the place of promise. He didn't leave that land where God had directed him. He had stayed in the land. But that's going to change in this passage of scripture whenever a famine comes into um, their, their everyday life experience. And as a result of that famine, they pick up their tent and they leave the land and they go to Egypt. And so uh, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to read starting in verse 10 of Genesis chapter 20. And we're going to, again, this week discover four key points that leads us to our one transforming truth. So uh, Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 10. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. So what is our first key point that we can learn from Abram's life? Y'all, this is so important. We have to know this truth. We have to really be prepared um, to live out this truth in our life because if not, this will be a trap for us. And here's the first key point. Trouble happens in the place of promise. It does. Um, we live in a fallen world. And because of that, there's sin, there's difficulty, there's uncertainties, there's unknowns, there's disease, there's difficulty, there's dis dismay. There's all kinds of sin in this world that produces hardships and trouble and in a sense, famine. Now let's talk a little bit about famine in the Bible and then we're gonna talk about trouble in our life. Famine throughout the Bible, we see that from Genesis to Revelation. Um, often it was associated with God's judgment, but most of the time, whenever you see famine in the Bible, uh, you see that God was allowing that famine to happen in order for his people to realize their need for God so that they could be drawn into a deeper relationship that involved them repenting or turning from their independence from God and placing their trust, you know, back in the one true God. And so God was 
using or allowing famine to be an avenue or a path uh, to, to lead to a deeper, more meaningful relationship. Now, I want us to transition into New Testament believers in Jesus Christ, right? Because we're on this side of the cross, and aren't we thankful for that? So we, in, in, in our day, we can experience famine. Uh, most of us live in a setting where if we need to get food, we, we have some means to do that, but none of us are without trouble. We all have difficulty, we all have trials, we all have unknown circumstances. So what do we do with that as believers in Jesus Christ, right? Because we're living in our place of promise where we placed our faith in Jesus Christ, where we have moved from spiritual death to spiritual life, where the Holy Spirit resides in us and where we are able to read God's living and active word and have truth to live our everyday um, lives by. So what do we do with tr trouble? What do we do with hardships? What do we do with famine? Well, there's a couple of things that we need to remember. We need to remember that trouble does not surprise God, okay? So in the midst of your overwhelming circumstance, you need to know that God knows what's going on. You can ask him, Lord, do you have any idea what's going on down here? But you can know that he knows, uh, trouble does not overwhelm God. He's not sitting on the throne wondering what should I do with this situation or what should I do with this circumstance or what should I do with this mess. He is not overwhelmed in any sense of the word. And the third thing that we need to know is that trouble does not negate his plan. In fact, it is often through the path of difficulty and trial and trouble that we are reminded about the sufficiency of God and the peace of God and the presence of God and the power of God. And we are drawn into that closer abiding relationship with God. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world and so from the very beginning as we see this very real moment in Abram's life where he is facing a famine not just any famine a severe famine and he's questioning he's wondering what should I do he I su submit to you turn to self in that he went to the place of Egypt, which represented the world. And as he went to the place of Egypt, he made worldly decisions and he had worldly thought patterns. And we're gonna see that in the next portion of uh, the scripture. So ten, verse 10 says, now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. So verse 11, as he was about to enter Egypt, so he's on the outskirts of Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will ki kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. So this leads us to our second key point, and this is so important, friends. We really need to just settle into this one. 
trouble produces and it reveals. All right, so I wanna explain what I mean by that. Whenever we're in a pinch, when we're in that overwhelming situation and circumstance, whenever life is spinning out of control and we do not know up from down, right from left, top from bottom, whatever is inside of us is going to come out. So it produces, it brings up, it brings out what is inside of us and it also reveals. So then what is on the outside is a direct correlation to what's going on on the inside. And that is so convicting for all of us who have blown it, hand going up right here in a pinch. I told my kids whenever they were little that often whenever there was a squabble and when there was just a lot of um, commotion and a lot of fighting, I would get out a tube of toothpaste and I would squeeze that tube of toothpaste and I would tell them when, the, when life squeezes you, what's on the inside is going to come out. And so we can either feel defeated by that or we can feel um, empowered in a sense to meet that difficulty and whatever's revealed through that difficulty with transformation and faith. And that's what I'm going to suggest that we do today. Now, Abram, he did not. He did not take his thoughts captive. He didn't align them with truth. He didn't um, remember who God was and how God was working. He didn't do any of those things. He went the worldly path. He went the worldly path to Egypt and then he went into Egypt on the worldly path. Now, Sarah was beautiful, um, extra biblical uh, teachings, extra biblical writings indicated that she was amazingly gorgeous and that brought out an insecurity and a fear within Abraham. And so, um, so that came out. So here's what I want us to realize in this, that trouble produces and reveals. It produces either fear that reveals sin or it produces faith that reveals righteousness. And so it's almost like whenever trouble comes along that we have two paths that we can walk. One is the fear and the sin path where we allow our minds to go down the temporary worldly way of thinking that's focused on self. Or we have the opportunity to take our thoughts captive, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, and to go down God's path, which is the path of faith and righteousness. And, and it really matters how we enter into our situations. It matters the truth that's already housed in our heart and our mind. Um, you know, I don't know if you've heard this before. You probably have that either you're in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're going into a storm. And that storms can happen in different ways. Sometimes storms are quick and intense. Sometimes storms are long and drawn out. Sometimes storms are uh, have moments of intensity, moments of calm, moments of intensity, moments of calm. And that becomes a reality for all of us in the midst of our trouble. Sometimes our trouble is quick and intense. It's here today, gone tomorrow, and we're thankful for that. Other times it's a long journey. Other times it's on and off, on and off, on and off. So we have to be fortified. We have to be prepared with truth. And how we enter into the storm will determine how we walk through that storm. So uh, immediately when the, the pinch is on, we need to begin to go to the place of faith so that we can walk it out in righteousness. Uh, but that is not what Abraham did. He went to the place of 
fear and he walked it out in a sinful way. So trouble produces and reveals. Thankfully, God is always in control. God is always on his throne. God is always fighting for us. God is always working in miraculous ways. So let's see what he did, what God did in the midst of Abraham's sin, in the midst of Abraham's pinch, in the midst of Abraham's overwhelming circumstance. So we're going to pick up in verse 14. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He, the Pharaoh, treated Abram well for her, Sarah's sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female, donkeys, men servants, and maidservants, and camels. Okay, so here's our third point. God protects us from us. Let's all raise our hands to the Lord and thank him for that, that God is so faithful to the promise even when we are not. God is faithful to the word that he gave us and God is working in big picture ways to position us for victory even when we are sabotaging ourselves. God is faithful to the promise when we are not. God is faithful to the promise when the people around us don't even know about the promise. God in his sovereignty, his providence, and his plan, he is at work, and he's blessing, and he's frustrating, and he's reorganizing, and he's positioning, and he is moving for us to, to move out of that worldly mindset of fear and sin, and to repent, to turn, to take our thoughts captive so that we can get on the faith and righteousness mindset that leads to freedom and it leads to that promise experienced in and through our lives. And so God protects us from us. God was protecting Abram. God was protecting Sarah. God was not only that, he was giving them favor with Pharaoh and there were maidservants and male servants and sheep and cattle and donkeys and camels and men and women who were coming into Abram's, um, his, his possession so that whenever God freed them from Egypt, they would go back and they would be even stronger in a sense. So let's see what happens next. So God was protecting Abram from Abram. And I'm so thankful for that. So let's move on to verse 17. So Abram and Sarah, they're there. Sarah is in the palace and she's going through a process of becoming a wife to Pharaoh. Now here's an important point that I really meant to make on our last point. Here's, here's what we have to remember. God was protecting the promise. The promise was that Abram and Sarah would give birth to a child and that that child would lead to a nation and that nation would lead to an avenue or a people through which the Messiah would come. And so that's, that, that's an important point for us. God was not going to allow Abram and his family to ever be in danger because he had extended a promise to Abraham. There's a great um, correlation 
in that truth for our lives. God has extended a promise through Jesus Christ and he has secured our eternal future in heaven in glory with God forever. And while we will have trouble, we will have, storm, have storms, we will have difficulty, we have a certain future because this world is not our home. We, we will go home to be with God in glory. We will be free of sin. We will be free of death. We will be free of disease and tears and, and hardships and trials and famine and overwhelming circumstances. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. We will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth around the throne with every tongue, every every nation, every tribe, every people worshiping the Lord together. And that was the promise that God was protecting. So there was no way that God was going to leave Abram and Sarah in Egypt where Sarah was going to become um, a wife to Pharaoh. God had a bigger plan. God had a better plan. And so let's see what the Lord does on behalf of Sarah and Abram. Verse 17, but the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarah. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me, he said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything that he had. Here is our fourth important key point. Sin always has consequences, all right? So uh, let's let that truth sink in. Whenever we go down the path of fear that leads to sin, the next step is going to be a consequence. And we need to just understand that so that whenever we have that choice, am I gonna go the place of uh, fear? Am I gonna go the place of faith? That we we love God, number one. We trust God, number two. So we're gonna go, the we're gonna go down that path of, of righteousness and faith. But also we do not want the consequences for ourselves or for the people around us. Because the other thing that we see about these consequences is that they don't stay contained, but rather they impact other people. The immediate consequence obviously was for Pharaoh and his people uh, because there was, there, was a, there was a plague, there was disease, there was difficulty, there was all kinds of, of, of hardship that came on and that was God's protection. That was his providence and his plan at play to get Abram and his, his family back on the right track. But there was a long-term consequence that we might miss if we're not careful uh, in this particular portion of Genesis chapter uh, 12 verses 10 through 20. It is in this moment, and I want to say this so tenderly, it is in this moment that Hagar is introduced into Abram and Sarah's life. She is one of the maidservants that was um, accumulated or collected in Egypt. And she goes back to uh, the land of promise with Abram and Sarah. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that that leads to a long-term consequence in Abram and Sarah's relationship and in their life. And so let's never miss the point. Let's never wonder if taking the path of fear and sin has long-term consequences that will be a trap for us in the future, it absolutely will. And so we have to, 
We have to know that and we have to ask God to protect us and then we have to build accountability into our lives so that when we start to go the worldly way, when we start to go the temporary mindset or, or the, the, the fear mindset or the sin mindset, that, that there are checkpoints in our life, whether that's accountability partners, uh, maybe that is a, a scripture passage that will literally serve as a lifeline to us. Maybe that is... Um, um, you know, journaling where we can get out on paper what's actually going on uh, when it comes to fear versus faith in our life. But we've got to have checkpoints in our life. I want to introduce a, a, a definition to you for the word trust. And as I introduce this definition for you, I want to do two things. Number one, I want to suggest to you that had Abraham or Abram at this moment had this kind of mindset, he might have approached the famine differently. All right, because that's what we want to do. We want to approach our famines, our troubles, our difficulty, our trials, our temptations. We want to approach them differently so that they position us to run towards God and his promises instead of running away from God and towards the world. So here's the definition of trust that we're going to use for our study together. This is a secular definition that we're going to put into a spiritual context. Trust is an assured reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, and truth of someone or something. And as a result, a willingness exists to place our confidence in that person or thing. Now, let me put that definition into a spiritual context for us because it will give us a path to walk down the righteousness and faith path in our life in the midst of trouble. When we understand the character of God, then we know who he is, that he is Jehovah Jireh, that, that he is the God who sees, that he is the God who provides, that he is the one true God, that he is sovereign and providential and purposeful in all of his ways. And when we understand the character of God, then immediately when those troubles and trials come into our life, we're, not, we're, we're lining those troubles up against the truth of who God is. And so we are protected in our hearts and our minds. So his character is who God is. His ability, that was the second one, and this is all for, written for you in your homework. His ability is what God can do. And whenever we begin to think about what God can do in the midst of our overwhelming circumstances, we begin to cultivate faith. We, we begin to see all the ways he is present, he is active, he is providing, he is on the throne, he is going before us, he is making the path straight. His strength, that talks about how he accomplishes tasks in our life, how he does things, that he does things in perfect faithfulness, that he's always at work, that he takes um, you know, what others meant for evil and he turns it to good. All of that represents his strength, how he accomplishes tasks in our life. And then his truth, that is his pure intentions towards us. I want to camp here for just a moment. We need to know that God is good and that he is loving and that he has plans and purposes for us. Some of us, that's where we need to renew our minds because we just can't get past an old mindset or an old um, experience or maybe an old um, you know, um, script that is in our mind that was placed there by our upbringing or by somebody else. 
And so we, we need to know that God is light and that he is love and that there is not a shadow of darkness in him. Not a shadow, friends. He is with you. He is for you. He is fighting your battle. He is um, positioning you for victory. He is for you even when you are not for yourself. That's the God that you serve. And, and when we know his character, when we know his ability, when we know his strength, when we know his truth, then we'll have a confidence in him instead of a confidence in ourselves or our circumstances. If we place our confidence in our circumstances, it will lead us down the path of fear, sin, and consequences every single time. And we will live on the roller coaster of life because we will have trouble in this life. And so if our confidence is in the fact that life has to always be good for me to be good, then we are setting ourselves up for trouble because trouble will come and trouble will overwhelm us. But if we set our minds on Christ, his finished work on the cross, that we are um, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that God is with us, that God is for us, that God's going before us, that he has a plan even in the midst of this moment, that nothing overwhelms him, nothing surprises him, nothing um, negates his plan, but rather often becomes an an avenue for us to experience uh, that faith so that we can walk in righteousness so that victory is ours in Jesus Christ, then we'll be fortified in the confidence of God. So imagine, and here's where I want to come back to our scripture. Imagine if when Abram experienced that famine, and again, I want to be so tender because, hey, I probably would have done the same thing, but imagine instead of going to the worldly place of Egypt, what if he had stayed in the place of promise and he saw God show up and he saw God move and he saw God provide? Because one thing is certain, God was faithful to his promises and he was not going to let anything happen to his children. God is faithful to his promises to you. He is with you. He is for you. And friends, I do not want this to come across as prosperity gospel. I do not want this to come across as name it and claim it. That, that's, that's not what we see in scripture. But what we see in scripture is that God is faithful to his people. God is a way maker. And even right now, he is positioning you to experience the fullness and the freeness of his sufficiency and grace, even in the midst of your overwhelming circumstance. So this leads us to our transforming truth. And that is this, hard times lead us to a choice. Am I going to trust God, which is this path over here, the path of faith, the path of righteousness, and the path of victory? Or am I going to trust myself, which is the path of fear, the path of sin, and the path of consequences? We both could give testimony. All of us could give testimony probably about walking both paths at different times. But what if together we committed as a community to encourage one another to walk the path of faith, walk the path of trust, walk the path of obedience, walk the path of truth. How do we do that? How do we do that? Here's your opportunity to have a homework exercise. Um, this has been so transformational for me in my walk with the Lord to walk the path of transformation or to walk the path of victory or faith or, or um, righteousness. We have to identify the sin in our life. What are those wrong thoughts 
about God and about ourselves and about life that are drawing us to the worldly mindset. Maybe it's something about God's character. Maybe it's something about God's strength. Maybe it's something about his ability. Maybe it's something about his truth. Uh, maybe it's something about our circumstances and um, the place where we find ourselves that keeps us in a defeated mindset. What is that struggle in your life? Write that down in your journal. Then identify every lie that comes from the enemy or from yourself about that struggle. Okay, so you're gonna to have to do some digging, you're gonna to have to do some praying, you're gonna to have to do some journaling, you're gonna to have to do some talking to some friends to, to figure that out. What is the lie? What are the lies that you're believing that are contrary to God and his word? And, and then don't stop there at just identifying the lies. What are the truths from scripture that you need to implement into your life so that God's words are running through your head instead of yours. That becomes the victory of a renewed mind in Jesus Christ. So you will have a renewing exercise that you can take part in. And here's, here's the point. When we renew our mind, when the trouble hits, when the storm hits, when the overwhelming situation sit, hits, we go in fortified with truth, we go in fortified with faith, instead of going in with all the sin and all the fear and all the yuck. What are we taking into the storm, friends? Whatever we take into the storm will come out in the storm. So we need to renew our minds so that when that pressure comes, when the toothpaste is squeezed, what comes out is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. And it is a constant, constant battle. But that is our privilege as believers in Jesus Christ. Um, for your supplemental resource today, uh, it's, a, it's a document that you can download, and it is called Women of Faith. Uh, it's just a quick look at how God has um, always been for women. And I, I came across it in my study for this week's lesson, and I just wanted to pass that on to you. So um, I hope that this video was encouraging. I know it's a lot. I know it's kind of heavy, but take these four key points in our one transforming truth and sift your trouble and your struggles and your trials and your unknown circumstances through these four key points and that one one transforming truth, and you'll be positioned to walk down the path of faith and righteousness and victory. I love you, and I'm praying for you this week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.